whatever reason, there have always been stereotypes associated with the sport of cheerleading. I'll be honest, I haven't always been the most educated when it comes to the sport myself. But since I've been with the Ravens organization, I've continuously been impressed with the Baltimore Ravens cheerleading team. These women and men, led by longtime director Tina Galdieri, have a huge impact in the Baltimore community. They're incredible athletes, oh, and lead super successful full-time jobs outside of being a professional cheerleader. Today I'm joined by Tina and Antonia W., a fourth-year veteran who was on the stunt team and a paralegal, and Sheridan M., a rookie dance team member who has worked for NASA and conducted fieldwork in Antarctica. I mean, talk about impressive. All three of these women make me feel like a slacker. We dive into how they represent the Ravens organization, balance multiple careers, and combat the stereotypes associated with cheerleading. To kick it off, um, what drew all three of you to cheerleading initially? What drew me to cheerleading was I was a gymnast for 10 years. And then, so we're going way back. <laughs> a little older than these gals. Um, I was a gymnast for 10 years and I wanted to try out for my high school cheerleading team that was really, really good back in the 1980s. And um, they competed all over the United States. And so I wanted to go and try out because a bunch of my friends were trying out. And um, from there, the little story goes that I didn't make it my freshman year on JV, but all my friends did. So that was a really sad story. Um, but then I kicked butt and practiced with all the varsity cheerleaders in my driveway for a full year. And then I came back, tried out and made varsity and they all stayed on JV. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. Um, and then I just fell in love with it. A gym, gym, being a gymnast was such an individual sport. I, I didn't like all the attention on me and not being around a team. So um, that's other, the other part of the reason that I started out with cheerleading. And then I just went into college cheerleading, college coaching, and then Ravens as a director. Um, I started cheering in high school. I just tried out um, my eighth grade year going into high school. Had no expectation, had no idea what I was doing, um, but ended up making varsity. And they just taught me everything from there. Um, went on and cheered in college, uh, found the Ravens organization, went forward again, kind of with high school, didn't know what I was getting into, didn't know what to expect, and uh, fortunately enough, made it. Um, so cheering has been kind of a just learn-as-you-go experience for me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think mine, my route is a little different. So how did I get into it? Honestly, I'll be really honest, it's the only team sport that I really liked. <laughs> when I was growing up, my school wanted me to be on a team sport. I started cheering when I was really little. Um, and I tried soccer, and I tried softball, and I tried volleyball, and I was just truly unsuccessful <laughs> in the nicest way possible. Um, it was just something about it that just wasn't clicking. And um, I got on a cheerleading team and that's when I really started to thrive. I think it was the individualness of it mixed with the team aspect of it. And um, I really liked that juxtaposition. So uh, yeah, I danced all my life and then I started cheering when I was really little and that's how I got into it. Love that. Um, so just for fans who might not know, I know that for all three of you working for the Ravens isn't your full-time role. So what do you guys do outside of the Ravens cheer team? Um, for me, I um, actually have two other jobs. I am a general manager of a um, 
cheerleading company, cheerleading and dance event company, which we do, we put on events um, across the United States and we also do summer camps and it's for varsity spirit. Um, and then I also own a uh, medical esthetician company that does fillers, Botox, uh, microneedling, dermabrasion, you name it, we're doing it. So I'm part owner and consultant in that as well. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you stay a lot. very busy. <laughs> I, I guess I'd like to keep my plate full for some reason. <laughs> totally. Um, I work full-time as a paralegal for a nonprofit here in Baltimore. Um, so we help provide low-income Marylanders to um, access to free legal services. Um, so that's such a rewarding job. Um, I've kind of done the same position for the past like, two years. Um, I was with a different nonprofit last year, kind of before COVID hit. We were working with inmates doing similar um, services, um, but that's my full-time job. Wow. How do you balance? I feel like that sounds like a really demanding career. So how are you able to balance like a career in law with all of the things that come with being a cheerleader as well? Um, well, I feel like with Ravens and cheering, the schedule is um, pretty flexible with us having full-time jobs and being students. So with practices being later on, it works with um, a full-time schedule. Also, I'm fortunate enough to where my job really um, puts an emphasis on, you know, mental health and like taking our personal time. So when five o'clock hits, they don't want us to keep working. Um, They want us to take our time and, you know, focus on ourselves. Um, But it's all about balance. And I feel like with, with Tina said, I kind of like having a full plate. Um, it makes me stay busy. I uh, feel like I'm doing stuff. Yeah, that's really important that a, an organization like that respects that because you don't, you don't mm-hmm. see that in every company. Um, Sheridan, I'll jump to you. What about for you outside of cheer? Yeah, I wear a couple of different hats. Um, my full-time job is that I'm a teacher at an independent school in D.C. And that's new for me last year I was a scientist and I'm still on call as a scientist for the government. Um, So that's like what I do all the time. And then I also recently opened up a renovation company where we flip houses. Yeah. Just like the other (laughs) ladies, (laughs) constantly busy, constantly keeping a full schedule. (laughs) And like, I'm slacking over here. (laughs) Don't you see a pattern emerging? that's, That's the background for cheerleaders it's, we always take on so much. Um, and I, I just think that's part of the personalities that, and people that become cheerleaders or, you know, professional cheerleaders or cheerleaders just in general is that we like to be busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sheridan, you mentioned, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like I'm most successful when I'm busy. Like if I have time to just kind of chill and do nothing, I feel like I can be kind of a potato, but when I've got my schedule full, I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's go, 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 go. So yeah, it's just personality, I guess. Well, and like driven people are driven in all areas of their lives, I feel like. So I feel like that makes you successful in multiple areas. But you mentioned that you um, switched careers. So could you elaborate on that a little more? I know reading your bio was honestly fascinating <laughs> to me. I was like, she is like probably the coolest person I've ever heard of. So oh, wow. could you elaborate on the, sci- the scientific um, job you had before? Yeah, of course. That is so kind. Um, <laughs> yes. So for about 10 years, I was a scientist, mostly for NASA, um, on and off. I got my PhD. Well, I got my undergraduate degree in math from Georgia Tech, and then I got my PhD in uh, Earth, Atmospheric, and Planetary Sciences. And I mostly studied uh, different environments on Mars. 
And that translated to working for the government by studying satellites and how satellites worked and calibrating them and um, seeing what we could do for our own planet. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting career. I I really loved it. I still miss it. I'm not going to lie. But I got to a point where uh, I just felt like, I don't know, it's hard. It's really hard to explain. I felt like I felt like I kind of peaked, which is probably not true. I mean, I'm like, I'm 30. I definitely didn't peak. There's more I could do. (laughs) But I felt like I was, I was giving all I could give. And I wanted to find somewhere that I could give more and like, make a different kind of impact, I guess, like, especially with the pandemic, it really affected me. I was like, research Mm -hmm. is great. And it's making an impact. But I want to, I want to be kind of more on the front lines and making a more immediate impact. So that's why I switched. That's really special. And I feel like there's really no way to make more of an immediate impact than teaching. So I love that. That's awesome. I think one of the things that has always struck me about the Ravens cheerleading program that I don't think a lot of people realize is like the community impact that you guys have, because people see like they know the players go out and do the community work. But like at every community event, even when players aren't there, cheer is there, Poe is there. We always have a presence. um, And a lot of times that's via you guys. So why is it so important, I guess, to you guys as a program to really be out in the Baltimore community in that way? I will let um, Sheridan and Antonia answer that just because they're they're the ones that are physically going out there within the community. But just to let you know, Cassie, that we do over over usually about a, anywhere between 170 to 220 appearances a year. Um, wow. The nice thing for us is that we do have a large squad that we can you know, pull people to um, appear at these events. You know, we have uh, 53 strong, which is great for the Ravens organization to support us that way. And so that is, you know, we feel a responsibility to give back to the community as well. But I want to turn it over to Antonia and Sheridan because they have probably more personal stories to go upon and since being out in the community. Yes. So um, I feel like for everyone on the Ravens cheer team, of course, being on the sidelines is, an incredible part and actually dancing and cheering and doing what we love, but doing the appearances and actually interacting with um, the fans and our community members is one of the most memorable experiences you get with the Ravens. Um, And I feel like being on this platform and having this privilege to have all of these people in our community trust us with their stories. They have some of the most incredible stories. Um, we get to be part of big events in their lives. Some, some people were a part of proposals and engagements. Um, I believe in Ocean City back in 2019, we were a part of a wedding. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that all of um, our community members trust us so much to hold their stories and want to share their experiences with us um, is one of the greatest parts. Um, one of my favorite uh, appearances we do is with the Ronald McDonald House around the holiday times and I'm just bringing joy to them around that Christmas time. Um, And like Tina was saying, we do so many different appearances and there's so many uh, members on our team. But at the end of the day, we all come back during our um, team meetings and share the experiences we've had with um, our appearances. And it's even if we weren't there personally, just hearing the stories that my teammates have had with um, appearances is great. I know a big part of that, too, is um, the military trip. So. Could you guys mm-hmm. speak to like what those entail and how did that kind of like come about? I know my teammates, they come back from um, our military tours and they say it's one of the best experience, experiences they've had. Um, they, I know, travel to many different countries and um, just hearing their stories. And it's really life touching, I'm sure, for the our troops, but also 
our teammates as well. Um, Tina, for you, like I know you've been with the Ravens a really long time. So what are some of the changes that you've seen in cheerleading over your time here? Um, you know, it's, I guess uh, that's a good question. It's been 23 years for me, oh. or 24, I can't even recall. Um, and, you know, I would say that we've kind of stayed steadfast in our classic type of um, you know, uniforms are um, routines that we do. We keep it very classy and family um, involved. But I, um, I don't know if I would say changes so much as I just feel like there's differences in um, the generations of kids, you know, coming in. Um, I feel like we definitely have more talent pool. Um, in the last five to 10 years than we've had in the past. Also, we have, um, I don't wanna say, um, more professional um, cheerleaders that have uh, great outside jobs. You know, Antonia, Sheridan, we have teachers, we have, um, we've had doctors before, we've had lawyers, JAG lawyers, we've had military. So I would say that probably is our biggest change um, is that they're definitely more talented and um, more worldly, and I would say more intelligent. I don't want to say that like my children were not intelligent in prior years, but there's definitely more of a go-getter, um, multiple jobs, handling multiple jobs, and um, education. They're pursuing their education more. I would say that, but otherwise, our our routines that we do and the sidelines we do all very similar except um, definitely more um, challenging in flipping and harder skill dance skills and that type of thing but otherwise we're we're pretty consistent um, in the performance factor. Sure well, you, you mentioned kind of the like athleticism and talent that goes into the routines that you guys do. And I know there's kind of a wide range of skills you have to be able to have there from dancing to stunting. So what kind of goes into all those preparations for game day? Um, well, it starts before game day. It actually starts right after tryouts when we start practicing. Um, our practices are two days a week for three hours. Uh, you know, the first half hour is going over meeting stuff, administrative, updating on dates that are coming up and everything. But um, otherwise, we are really, we get right into it and we're practicing hardcore. We practice at the same time, but we have two separate teams as far as dance and stunt, of course. Um, but we're practicing at the same time. So we're, 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 running, we're running through quarter break routines. We're running it together. We never do quarter break routines without the other team. Now we might do just an all girl dance routine. Um, but most of the, I mean, majority of the time we are doing those two routines together. So it's two practices a week, three hours. And then on game day, it's 10 hours. We do have a camp that we go away to for three to four days. And it's a lot of bonding and working out and learning about the organization and the style that we expect. Um, so I think that's kind of in a nutshell. So it does, it, we do practice starting in April. And then if we go into postseason play, we're going into end of January, really. Yeah. So, yeah. 
it's all year round, basically, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> I know people always ask, like, oh, what do you do in your off season? Like, <laughs> like maybe a few weeks. Uh, we're yeah. just preparing for tryouts. <laughs> like, recover and then get right back to it. Yeah, I get that, too. They're like, oh, so you must not do anything, like, when the players aren't there. I'm like, I don't know. NFL does a pretty good job of, like, staying relevant year-round. Like, and you guys are at mm-hmm. draft events. And, like, so there's really always something happening. Um, Antonia, for you, like you're, I you believe you're on the stunt team, if that's correct. So what's correct. someone, something someone might not know about stunting and how did you learn that originally? I guess the first thing that comes to mind is all of our, most of our stunters love it. So we get together outside of practice all the time and are just working on stunts, throwing stunts around, um, doing the things that we might not do at practice or on the sidelines. Um, but we all love what we do. Um, so we're outside of practice also working on that too for our own, um, like getting better, but also just because we love it. Um, but stunting itself, our guys are incredible, very strong, and it requires a lot of trust, um, especially getting thrown, you know, 20, 30 feet in the air. You have to trust the people underneath you. And, um, that just goes to say the like family mentality that we have on our team. Um, even between the girls, the guys, the stunt team, the dance team, everyone's like one big family. And that definitely helps the trust aspect that goes into stunting. So they can tell me to do some crazy flip in the air, but I'm like, (laughs) I'll try it. But I know that they'll catch me underneath. Yeah, that definitely takes a level of faith and trust there that I think most (laughs) people would not have in a teammate for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, you talked about it being a family. And I've heard that like, even when people like, quote unquote, retire from the team, that that's very much still the case. So and you guys' mind, like, what makes this team, this group so special? Yes, there's people that have been on the um, cheer team years before I even joined, and I still know about them, know of them, have met them at different um, alumni events. Um, so even though I didn't cheer with them, I still know about them. They're still around. We have, um, you know, our team group pages, but there's also a page with the alumni cheerleaders. So everyone still um, stays in touch. And um, like you said, really big family, you know, when people might be in a rough time in their life, um, everyone kind of steps in together to support each other. Yeah, I think it's also really interesting to note that. um, So before I was auditioning, I did a lot of like, I don't want to say cyber stalking, but a lot of research (laughs) on other teams. right? (laughs) I wouldn't think anything different. (laughs) A lot of like research on the teams. Right. And one thing that I always thought was really um, interesting and I think says something really special about our team is that we have so many people that have been on this team for 10 plus years. And that says a lot. Like, if you hit the three-year mark, that's huge. If you hit the five-year mark, that's huge. That's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of time. But you hit the 10-year mark, like, these people are your family. Like, some, they just, they can't not be, right? And I think we have people on the team. I mean, Tina, you can correct me, but we've got to be going on 14 years for some of these people. 17. Yes, 17. Wow. Like, it's just, it's incredible. And you don't see that across other teams. And so it's hard to explain, right? You can't really put a a solid, family is a feeling, right? But there's a feeling that you get when you come onto our team. And it's like, you love it, you want to stay and you're a part of it. So and that reflects in in how our cheerleaders, uh, their tenure on the team. And Cassie, I think also having guys, we have 
20 guys on our team. We carry anywhere between 18 and 22, just dependent. Um, but having guys on our team, it's almost like some of them and are like their brothers, older brothers. Now we have some that we've had like, I don't know, 10 or 12 people that have met on the team that have gotten married. <laughs> um, but, you know, most of them, it's like that brother sister aspect. And I think that lends to the family feel. Um, the guys are protective of our girls, but I also force them to be protective. I'm like, girls, you're not walking out there by yourselves. You know, you got to have a guy with you. And um, I think that lends a lot to that family feel. Plus, um, you know, th- my saying is always we rise together, we fail together. Right. And that has to be that has to go along with the family feel as well. So I think, you know, I love having the guys on the team because it also kind of um, calms the girls down too. Um, and, you know, type A personalities and anxiety, and, you know, going to be perfect and all that good stuff. So I think that that definitely helps add to our family feel. And plus, um, like Anthony and Sheridan both said, um, you know, I've been around a long time. Uh, Leslie's been around 20 years and I think Will's been around 21 years, right? So um, we all share the same philosophy in in our team and it is it's it's family first and taking care of our our teammates well and I feel like it would have to be too with like the amount of time you guys are practicing and spending with each other like year round like we just talked about like it it would kind of be miserable if you weren't a family at that point when you're spending so much time with people so that's great um and I know like the cheerleaders kind of have their own brand as well so Tina what's what's been important for you to like for that brand to reflect uh, that's a good question. It's important to me that we are, I'm always pushing education for our team. So when we go on military tours, education is one of the first things when we're doing introductions before show. Um, education is important and and work, right? Um, so I think that's part of our brand that has always helped us. Um, I like to keep it classy, which I think is a brand. Um, when I met with David Modell and I interviewed with him 24 years ago, he said he wanted to have cheerleaders to have and create a good, fun family environment. And I think we've held to that. And that's part of our brand now. You know, some people are adjusting their brands. Some other teams are adjusting, you know, their brands and what they put out there. But we've we've stayed the course and it hasn't, it's worked for us and and it hasn't backfired or anything. So we've stayed the course. Um, I think a big part of it is, you know, for a long time, we worked with House of Ruth and domestic abuse um, for women. Um, We worked with Ronald McDonald House and donating and we worked heavily with them for about seven years. Um, So I, uh, part of our branding is also helping out in the community and that's just not at appearances. We go beyond that and we created sometimes, um, and they've lasted five to seven or 10 years, but we've created our own charity organizations as well. So I think all that comes into play and in how I would brand the Ravens cheerleaders. Oh, that's incredible. I know there's like a lot of misconceptions that can like float around about the sport of cheerleading in general. Like, why do you guys think that is? And how do you 
combat those. I know like a lot of the things that we've talked about on this podcast already, like the community work that you guys do, like all those things that are not things that necessarily people always like see or like realize. So what do you think like that? Why do you think that is about the sport of cheerleading? I don't know what the mis. I don't know why there's misconceptions. I've been in again since I was 1982 and I didn't ever see it that I went to an all girls Catholic high school. So that wasn't really, um, it was never brought up, but then you get into college and it's kind of that way, even as, as, as athletic as a college cheerleading team can be, we still have misconceptions. I'm not sure where that started. I, I don't know, because if you look at there's a lot of successful men and women out there that have been on in uh, that have been cheerleaders. So I'm not sure where it started. I couldn't even even put my finger on it. And I've, it's been part of my life since I was um, 16 years old. Right. So it's been over 30 years, 40 years, almost 40 years. So I I don't know. I don't know how it started or why those misconceptions are out there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, I think my only guess is that it would have started in the media, right. Or with the clothes that we wear, which I mean, I personally don't think there's, it's just like wearing a bathing suit. It's if there's (laughs) nothing more like, you know, it's not, but I find it, I I did an interview recently and, and someone asked me the same question. They're like, how do you combat these these identities that people put on you. And I was like, what identities? Like, if I don't put that on myself, I don't feel it. Right. And so I, I personally haven't felt that I've always felt safe and comfortable and I know that I'm intelligent. So I don't feel like other people are questioning my intelligence because of cheerleading or anything. I just think it's like, it's just a part of who I am and what I like to do. And, and it's unfortunate that other people could feel a certain way, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess just that's on them, right? But like, we got to just uphold the good parts and show that there, there's these amazing aspects and we're multidimensional people and um, that we're all successful in our own ways. Yeah, I think it's a big part of it. It's just lack of knowledge. Um, as I talk to people that might not have grown up around cheerleading or don't know people that um, cheer, um, I tell them about it, what, what it all takes. And they're like, wow, I didn't know. Like all of that went into it. I didn't know you guys practiced that much. I didn't know you guys had other jobs. Um, so it's just informing people and telling them what we do. And most of the time they're very impressed and want to learn more. Um, but yeah, like they said, I don't know where it comes from, but most of the time people are very um, willing to learn more about it and what we do. I mean, it couldn't be further from the truth. Like as we're sitting here talking about the incredible things that you guys do outside of cheerleading and all the work that you do and the athleticism that it takes. So it's just like mind boggling to me, like why there is this kind of like misconception there. Um, But I think that's incredible that you guys are doing all of these things. And I love that you said that, you know, the way that you combat this is by being yourself and being confident in yourself and knowing that you guys are doing incredible things. That's really, really cool. And as a sport, we're making headway, right? Like the cheerleading just became an Olympic sport, which is huge. So, I mean, hopefully that will help um, add to uh, showing that it's like, can't use quotes on like a podcast, but like quote unquote, real <laughs> sport. it's like an athletic sport that needs to be taken seriously. Right. So um, yeah, I think that'll help too. It is interesting that you say that. Cause I feel like even media wise, like there's been a lot more coverage, like there was that Netflix show and like a lot of things like that, that like people kind of gave them like an inside perspective. I know like for me, like I was 
blown away by the athleticism yeah. like on that. So it's, it's just like, like Antonia, you said, like informing people that might not know all the things that go into it is definitely mm-hmm. um, crucial. So to switch gears a little bit to probably like one of the best days of working for the organization is game day. And it's an incredible, an incredible feeling to be down there. And so for you guys, what's your favorite part of your role on game days? I, I know like it has to be incredible when you run out of the tunnel with like 70,000 screaming fans and it's just such a cool um, atmosphere at the stadium on game days. I feel like every aspect of game day is special and unique in itself. Um, like the whole getting ready part in the locker room with our teammates. Um, that's great. And then of course, going out, doing appearances and talking with fans, getting them hyped up for the game. Um, running out of the tunnel is definitely one of the most just like, like awe inspiring moments. Um, mm-hmm. especially when it's like great game, the stadium's packed and super loud. Um, it just gets you your adrenaline rushing and, um, it's getting you all pumped up and then the game itself. Um, so all of it is just the whole, you know, eight to 10 hours were there. It's just a great, great time. And it's very fast moving. The whole day goes by so fast. Yeah. It's, it's actually wild to think about. We get there so early, but when you think about it, like, you're like, Oh, okay. I gotta be there 8am for a 1pm game or something. You think, Oh, that's why am I going to be there so early? But <laughs> it goes by so fast. I mean, we get there and we have practice and then we get ready and we do appearances and the game. And then you're like, wait, what? It's already <laughs> the clock out of that happen but yeah I think for me Antonia she hit every single point for me my favorite parts of game day are Ravens walk we have the best fans in the NFL and they all come to this amazing live band on Ravens walk and it's so cool to interact with them before the game that's the fans are my why they're the reason why I wanted to be on the team um so getting to see them and getting them to see them in an an environment where I wouldn't usually see them, right? Like we don't get to see them really on the field, but we can go out and see them during appearances. Running through the tunnel when the game, right before the game, that's like a moment you just can't even ex- describe and getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, in the in the tunnel we have, uh, we're lined up, right? And every game, I remember talking to the girl in front of me, her name is Morgan. I said, soak it all in, soak it all in. (laughs) This incredible feeling and, you know, the stands and everything's roaring and it's huge and there's fireworks and there's hell. It's just, it's like, it's incredible feeling. And then overtime, overtime's a big one too. There's, there's something about when your fans think you're almost there and then they get to be there. Right. And then they're, they're over the stands. They're just like, let's go. And then you get to say, let's go. It's just, it's huge. It's hard to describe really. It's, it's this feeling that's, um, I guess I could describe it, but it's just, it gets you so hyped up. <laughs> it's really special. You're getting me hyped up for next season. Just like talking about it. Like I'm ready to go. <laughs> I want to be back yeah, already. Let's run out there. Let's run out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doing my job (laughs) there you go it's perfect I have a like question that's I've always wondered so like when we have games like the last home game of this season was like extreme weather how do you guys like survive out there for hours on end when we have like extreme weather games Mm -hmm. um lots of heat packs (laughs) um you know it's so dreadful when you're going into the cold game, like a hot game, you're sweating, you can get water, we go in, but cold games, we just never seem to warm up. And, um, you know, the running joke with me is that 
I always I have the girls in skirts, even if it's 30 below. Um, but that's not true. Um, but I do, you know, the, the, the full skirt and top is, is our really representation of our team, you know, and, and our brand. So I do like to have them in that, but, um, we get, we get those, you know, those warm toes and those warm, um, little hot packs for your hands. Um, and then we get to go in, you know, right before halftime and basically warm up and have some coffee or hot tea or things like that. But, um, you know, it's just we're still cheering a game like, you know, the last game was raining and it was cold, but everybody was still excited to be out there. You know, and I I think that um, says a lot about the cheerleaders in general, because, you know, it's just that's what cheerleaders do. They're excited to be out there, you know, wind, rain, heat, snow. Um, and we, you know, we're we're taught to deal with it and figure it out. And we do. And they do it very well. With Except a smile. Sometimes like, yeah, sometimes <laughs> her teeth are chattering, and I just say, keep smiling. <laughs> I know there's sometimes people are like, aren't you guys cold? And, like, we're moving around constantly. So I'm like, actually, I was kind of sweating a bit under that, that coat, but um, we're moving around constantly doing things. So um, as long as our heart rate's up, we're doing what we're supposed to do. <laughs> um, but it's worth it being out there. Like, I'm just going to say, you probably have like the best seat in the house then too. Like you're, you're right there on the sideline. So the adrenaline for sure. Yeah. The adrenaline really kicks in. So you're just like, what? It's cold. I didn't even notice <laughs> <laughs> when you're walking around and, and talking to the fans, I, there was a really cold game and we had pants and, um, and, uh, the tops on. And one of the fans walked up to me and he said, aren't you cold? And I was like, oddly enough, I, I'm not, I know you would, you might think I am, but I've got heat packs everywhere. <laughs> I got heat packs in my pants. I got them in my top. I got them in my palms. Like they're, every, they're in my toes. Like, honestly, when you're walking around, you've got the, the heating little uh, packs in your hands and stuff. You stay pretty warm. And then when you're on the field, like Antonio said, you're, you're jumping around, you're running around, you really keep your heart rate up and you've got so much adrenaline and, and you're working hard. So truly uh, the colder games are a little nice. I don't want to get, <laughs> be careful what I say, but the freezing games are awesome, but the, the, the colder games are, are kind of nice weather. Yeah. We didn't have too many bad ones this year. Just the, just the last one. Um, so before we close, I do want to ask you if you guys have a favorite memory with your time at the Ravens. My favorite two memories was both Super Bowls. Hmm. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't get, can't get any better for that for me. I'm hoping in the next year or two, you can ask me again and I can say the same thing. (laughs) Perfect. Um, But, you know, all the time we spend with our teammates, you know, they've, like you said before, truly grown into family, like my closest friends. Um, So just having that like lifelong bond. um, And of course, you know, hearing all the experiences and stories of our um, community members is amazing. I have two favorite moments, like a personal favorite moment was making the team because honestly I didn't think I would like I I trained for like a year and a half right and I show up and I'm like okay cool this is gonna be really fun like no matter what I'm gonna have fun it's okay if I don't make this team and I showed up with my friends and I got to hang out and I got to dance on M&T Bank Stadium like that's huge right and then just to make the team was like icing on the top. Like, wait, I'm surrounded with these people that I already love. I get to bond with them some more. And we got to celebrate this huge moment that was 
it was just like a big combination of everything that we'd worked towards. That was, that was really, really special for me. Um, and then one of my other favorite games or my favorite memories is my last game that I was at uh, the Ravens walk. We have this live band, right? And I go out there and I, I'm a dancer. I love to dance. So of course I'm going to see any face in the crowd. I'm like going to pull you aside to dance with me. Right. And uh, I pull this woman aside to dance and we're screaming this 80s song out loud. <laughs> we're dancing. We're having the best time. And she starts crying and I'm like, Oh gosh, what do I, what do I do? Right. And her daughter walked up to me and she said, she's so happy you made her day. And I was just, oh man, I, it really, that made my day because like I said it before and I'll say it again. Like, that's my why I want to make an impact. I want to do something. I want to do something in the now and um, to be able to do my job and to do it so well that this woman was crying as she was dancing with me, uh, just like being so happy and so excited to be there. Uh, that was really a special moment that um, I think I'll cherish for a very, very long time. It's yeah. incredible. Um, before I let you guys go, we do a little thing at the end of each episode. It's called our purple hot seat. It's just a quick game of this or that. So I'll go to each of you with each of these. Um, the first one is your favorite Ravens cheerleading uniform combo. Um, I would say our newest uniform. So the half purple, half white with the purple skirt. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Ravens white top. It's like the white top, white skirt. And it says Ravens on the back. Okay. <laughs> The next one is night game or 1 p.m. game? Night game. Night game. Night game. Yeah, you can't beat that. And then <laughs> it's funny because we actually talked about this earlier, but a really hot game in August or a cold game in December? Hot game. <laughs> I'm a hot game all day. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time. And I think this will be really cool for our fans to hear from you guys. So I appreciate it. This has thank been so fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for tuning into the first season of the Purple Chair Podcast. I am so grateful to our incredible guests this season who have trusted me with their stories and to all of you listeners who have joined us each month. I hope we've been able to shed some light on the incredible people who make the Ravens organization and the NFL what they are. It has been such an honor and we're just getting started. Don't forget to leave us a rating if you're enjoying the podcast. Subscribe and tell all your people. I'll talk to you soon.